Hey friends, welcome to the first Forever Marriage Conference online. Well, this is not exactly how we anticipated doing this. We usually enjoy being in the room with all of you for this conference, um, but we're, we're making the changes and looking forward to being with you this way and feel like this will be a great opportunity for you guys. I mean, I feel like you've probably been together a lot already and could use a little marriage coaching. And so we're gonna provide that for you this weekend and we're looking forward to it. I hope your family is doing well. Everybody's all tucked in, safe and sound, and we're gonna get rocking here in just a few minutes. So what you're gonna be experiencing this weekend, we've invited our friends Levi and Krista Skipper in, and they are gonna be speaking in session two and session three of the videos below on spiritual intimacy and relational intimacy. And in the first session, Dawn and I are just gonna open up about intimacy overall. What is this whole idea of being one in Christ? And then we'll close with session four on physical intimacy. So we invite you to join us this Sunday night on our Forever Marriage Facebook page at six o'clock. We'll have a Q&A Facebook Live with Dawn and I, and maybe even Levi and Krista. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, why don't I pray for us, and then we'll let you get started on session one. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time um, and this method that we can actually have this conference. We're just grateful, God, for technology that we can be together even though we are apart. And I pray, Lord, for our couples as they're engaging in this, God, that you would speak to them, help them to have good conversation. I pray, Lord, that you would spark um, good uh, conversations that they need to have mm -hmm. this weekend together. And we bless them, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to session one. Uh, for the Forever Marriage Conference, and we're gonna start talking about intimacy as we sort of thought through what the theme would be this year and really landed on intimacy. That gave me a lot to think about mm -hmm. um, and, a, and really a challenge as I start to look into the scripture to kind of figure out what that is. The Bible never really uses that word specifically. So, you know, we're really tasked with being able to put out to you what is intimacy? What's God's perspective of intimacy? What kind of role does that play in marriage? Uh, so we're, we're gonna be laying that out for you in, in this session just as an overview of really what, mm -hmm. what intimacy is and what that sense of intimacy is in a couple. And I want us to go right to the scripture and to look in Mark chapter 10 because Jesus gives us some teaching on marriage um, that he builds on from out of Genesis. So he, he throws back to Genesis, pulls a little bit, and then expounds on it uh, on some scripture that you're really familiar with, this language that you're going to hear pro at every marriage ceremony. Uh, when, it, when we talk about the very first wedding uh, in scripture, God bringing Adam and Eve together, you hear this language. And so we want to go there, we want to pull out Jesus's words and kind of read where he has expounded on it a little bit in Mark chapter 10. So if you'll just get, if you'll grab your Bible or your device, you can pull that up and just open up to the scriptures there. And let's look at this little passage um, on some teaching that Jesus, this is really in a, in a discussion about divorce. Um, and some of the Pharisees were testing Jesus and asking him about the lawfulness of a man divorcing his wife. And, and, uh, and Jesus uh, begins to speak. And he starts in, and he says in verse five, 
It was because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote you this law, and Jesus replied, But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one, will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. And therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. So I want you to, there, there are key words in this passage that describe the intention of God with a man and a wife and the type of relationship that's unique to just the man and the wife. And so I want you to circle that word cleave. I want you to circle one flesh. Um, I want you to circle united with this wife um, and join together. So all of the, these ideas really speak to the coming together, body, soul, and spirit of a man and his wife. That sense of all three coming together as one, creating this sense of really deep personal knowing, a deep closeness together, body, soul, and spirit in a context of covenant abiding love. That's what intimacy is, is that sense of it, mm -hmm. that we actually feel that closeness together, that oneness that is intended here in these, in these passages. Intimacy really means uh, I'm with you and you're with me. I'm sticking with you. I'm sticking to you. We're going the distance. And I know that when we first come to the altar, that is our full intention, right? <laughs> Well, as you're saying it, I'm, I've got Cousin Vinny going through my head. I'm with you. Uh, isn't that Cousin Vinny? No, that was in, um, you know what, actually, I watched the clip. It's in My Blue Heaven. My Blue you know it was Heaven. Steve Martin movie. And if you've not watched My Blue Heaven, you should. Just I'm a little with side you. Note. It's good. I'm, I'm with, you. with you. I'm with you. Okay. All right? Okay. That's, that is, that <clears throat> is part of this um, connection of intimacy. I'm with you. I'm st I'm stuck with you. It's that cleaving idea. Um, this is that for better or worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness mm -hmm. and in health. And I know some of you are thinking, you know, yes, I, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I really meant for better. I really meant for richer. You know, I really meant for health um, because intimacy gets challenged over the life of your relationship. But it's that sense of closeness of I'm with you and you're with me. Mm -hmm. Intimacy also means... I see into you and you see into me. That, that sense of knowing another person and have that other person really know you deeply, personally, uh, and all in this environment, this context of love. So when Scott and I were dating, you know, back in the 80s, back in the days of the mullet, and the, yeah, I think there's some the pictures going through social media. I'm sure, media about I'm that. sure, yeah. I'm sure there are. But Scott and I deeply believed we were soulmates because we got each other. We we understood, <laughs> we we liked the same music. We you were my density. I was your density. Like Back to the Future. Yes, yeah. and that's mm -hmm. another '80s reference and another movie <laughs> that you should all watch uh, together as a family. Um, is that sense of of deep knowing of I get you and you mm -hmm. get me. Mm -hmm. And we accept each other in in that very deep and personal way. Uh, we believed it to the core of our being when we were dating. And then, of course, we got married and we realized, uh, 
Love I, is, I see too yeah. much in you. <laughs> That's right. I see too much Love in you. Love is blind, but marriage is an eye opener. Yes, yeah. and I heard a pastor say one time, you know, you should go into marriage with your eyes wide open, but when you get there, you should squint a little. And I thought <laughs> that's probably true because there's so so many kind of flaws that we kind of find out about each other. But intimacy is that knowing, that deep mm-hmm. sense of knowing one another personally and, and, a, and acceptance at that very deep level. Um, but there is a significance to the phrase that God has joined together because mm-hmm. this brings a spiritual aspect into the marriage relationship that makes us completely unique, that God has actually joined us together. That idea of joining together is the idea of yoking together, um, just like you would yoke a couple of oxen together to plow a field. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that's not necessarily a pleasant analogy. I remember once when I was in college and I worked at at a Hallmark store out at the mall. (laughs) And this was back in the days when we used to shoe polish each other's cars, you know, for fun. And so so somebody had shoe polished my car at some point. And on the window, it said Fox Fox on on board. board And had a big square. Yes, that's right, where my face was. Uh And when I came out from work at the mall that night, somebody had erased the F. <laughs> so it said ox on board, and I drove straight to the you car wash. You line for the there. car That's right. Wash, Nobody wants to be yeah. called an ox. But this is the idea that we're looking at, that God has literally put us both in this yoke mm-hmm. of covenant marriage together um, for a purpose. And that if we will follow him, his command, and we'll obey him, we'll be able to accomplish much in this world. But it is a challenge to be broken into that yoke. And I think you're all sort of discovering that a little bit. It certainly was for us. Mm -hmm. But that yoke is covenant marriage. That is what has bound us together, what has uh, what God has put us both in, and there are some unique characteristics to the covenant relationship. Yeah, let me just say this. Um, I know some of you watching this weekend have no clue who Scott and Dawn Smith are, who Levi and Krista Skipper are. Dawn and I serve at Lakewood Baptist in Gainesville, Georgia, and we're on the discipleship team here. And so we've been here for 20 years, and throughout each year, we, we take couples through premarital and or marital counseling. We kind of jokingly say we try to talk those about to get married out of getting married, and we try to talk those getting married or in, those married into staying married. And so... If I do a wedding, we do several weddings a year, and when I do a wedding, on the front end, I try to encourage the couple, but I also talk to the the congregation, the people who are there, because there's often people there who are married who need to be reminded, as Dawn was saying, about what covenant is. And in the front part of a wedding, I, I say it like this, there's three types of relationships in life. There's relationships of convenience, there's contractual relationships, and then there are covenant relationships. Now, if you think with me, um, you're going to hear a story in session two about uh, Levi and Krista. I'm not going to do the spoiler alert, but where, how, they, how they met, okay? You're going to hear that. And when they were in school, when Dawn and I were in school, we were in school 
several years probably before them, uh, uh, yeah, a decade probably. or so before them. Uh, when we were in school, we had roommates. And so when you, high school friendships, college roommates, those kind of relationships are what we call relationships of convenience. Because at the time, if you maintained your grades and you didn't get put on academic probation and you could come back the next semester, you still had roommates with each other. They were relationships of convenience. And, and here's the thing about relationships of convenience. I've got a little uh, prop here. When relationships of convenience seek to be convenient, parting of ways is generally painless. So if you have two people who are conveniently connected as roommates, high school friends, some of my high school friends I haven't seen in over 30-something years. I don't even talk to them. They were my best friends at the time. But life has just sent us in different directions. Those were relationships of convenience. So parting of ways was painless. And when we went in separate directions, uh, nobody's feelings were hurt, generally speaking. Now, that's, that's relationships of convenience. Now, you can take it up another notch. You can take it up into what we call contractual relationships. Contractual relationships, as you can see here, maybe, I don't know if you can see this, but they, these are binding relationships. And I've got the, this contractual relationship bound together with, with staples. Now, here's the deal about contractual relationships. In contractual relationships, we seek to protect our rights and limit our responsibilities. Let me say that again. In contractual relationships, we seek to protect our rights and limit our responsibilities. And these relationships are legally binding, and innocent parties can seek legal action if there's been a breach of contract. So if there has been a breach of contract, a separation, you can see it gets a little bit more messy here because of the binding nature of it, okay? So it gets a little bit more painful. Contractual relationships are quite a bit more painful when they're separated. Sometimes it's, it's a financial pain or something else that goes along with that pain of the separation. In life, there are relationships of convenience. There are contractual relationships. But what we're going to be talking about, Dawn and I and Levi and Krista are talking to you about this weekend. We're talking about oneness through covenant. Covenant literally means oneness, to be one, and we'll talk more about that. But covenant, covenants are put in place, and the key word to covenant is this, they're made to last regardless. So I just want you to say that word. I know you're watching in your comfy of your living room or somewhere, but I want you to say with me out loud the word regardless. Let's say it. One, two, three, regardless. regardless. Covenants are made to last regardless. In covenants, it's the exact opposite. You flip the script of, of contractual relationships. In covenant relationships that we're going to be talking about, we give up rights and we pick up responsibilities. Contractual relationship, we sought to protect our rights. In covenant relationships, we give up rights. In contractual relationships, we seek to limit our responsibilities. In covenant relationships, we pick up responsibilities. 
Now here's the thing, guys, that I want you to understand. Covenant is meant to last. As Dawn said a while ago, we, our verbiage in Levi and Krista's wedding, in my and Dawn's wedding, and all of you who are married, and those who are about to get married, the language will be, till death do us part. Not till I kill you, or till love do us part, till death do us part. Now I want you to see, covenant literally is like being glued together. And when you're glued together, and we're going to see this in our last effort, last session when we get into sexual intimacy, oneness. There's both a blessing of sexual intimacy, but there's also a curse of that. And I want you to see that when we get to session four. But in covenant, you can see you cannot tear this apart and there not be some very serious ramifications. Mm -hmm. Now let me just say to you, Chris is gonna talk about this in session two about the people who are watching. Some of you have some very good relationships here, okay? And we're, we want to applaud you. The four of us are glad you're with us this weekend. Some of you have some great relationships and you're just like, man, this is a free weekend. We're sitting here. We're going to give the kids to our parents or we're going to do something like that. And so we're, we're just glad to have some time at home. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm pretty confident there's going to be a handful of couples that you're not really in a good place. Um, you're a friend of ours saying years ago, um, standing on the edge of goodbye. And some of you might actually be standing on the edge of goodbye. And I want to say this to you. And this is my prayer. I'm going to just actually pray a prayer over you right now, if you, if you don't mind. So, Father, I just pray over the couple or the couples who may be watching right this moment. And, Lord, if they are, like John Barry saying, if they're standing on the edge of goodbye, I pray that this weekend will make them pull back. That they will process what they're going to be hearing. That they, their hearts would not be hardened, but they would be palatable. They would be pliable. They would be willing to hear you and then to heed you. I pray, Lord, that they would be able to lean in to these truths, not hoping and praying, elbowing that their spouse would hear the things that they want them to hear. I pray, Lord, that they would be more attentive to what spirit you want them to hear. I ask you to do a work, Lord, that could only be explained after this weekend by your power and your presence. And I pray that in Jesus' name. So, if you're standing on the edge of goodbye, you're still in a covenant relationship. Dawn and I, years ago, were standing on the edge of goodbye. And that is really what propelled us to be where we are today. Mm -hmm. God did a miraculous work. And I'm telling you, we're just ordinary people that serve an extraordinary God who did a supernatural work in just natural people. And I know he can do the same for you. Covenant is meant to last. The writer of Hebrews put it this way. 
For where a covenant is, there must by necessity be the death of the one who made it. So on the day that you said, I do, in essence, by virtue of the declarations that you made to one another by saying, I do, in God's eyes, you literally said, I die. I die to any wish. I die to any dream. I die to any ambition that would be detrimental to the health and well-being of this marital union. This weekend, you're going to be hearing not about relationships of convenience, because that's not what marriage is. You're not going to be hearing about contractual relationships, even though the vast majority of both unbelieving and believing marriages function through contract. If you do this, I'll do this. If you don't do this, I won't do this. You're going to be hearing this weekend about covenant. Mm-hmm. Jesus expounds on that passage of scripture. So in, in, in Genesis, it wraps up with the two will be one flesh. Um, so no longer two, but one. And in this discussion on divorce, Jesus actually adds and expounds onto that when he says, therefore, um, what God has joined together, let not man separate. And this is not just a statement, this is a warning. So the, in this context of the discussion about divorce, Jesus issues this warning to be very careful about separation in what God has joined together. Mm -hmm. Not simply external separation, because this is what we, Scott and I have found to be true in our own life, but in, in when we've been in behind closed doors with couples, is that we live separately internally mm -hmm. a long time before we will live separately externally. Yeah. That there is a necessary separation in marriage, but it happens before we get married. It is the leaving part. So the leaving happens, and then the cleaving happens, and then we must battle separation from that point forward. Mm -hmm. So once we cross the altar, we have to, we have to begin to understand that separation, because the enemy is actively, uh, as he was in the very beginning with Adam and Eve, very um, skilled at what it takes to separate the husband and the wife, mm -hmm. okay, and the people from the Lord. So f we have to be aware that our enemy is about getting that wedge of separation in. And that is how intimacy ultimately begins to be destroyed. Jesus tells them, listen, it's the hardness of heart that you had mm -hmm. that, that God allowed Moses to write that certificate of divorce, divorce. It wasn't about Moses. This was about the hardness of heart that was taking place. Hardness of heart is a separation between us and God, where we have hardened our heart so much that we don't hear him anymore, that we don't embrace his principles anymore, that we feel like we know it better than he does. That hardness of heart is a separation that happens between me and the Lord, and therefore it becomes a separation between me and my husband. Does that make sense to you? That hardness of heart is a warning to us that can happen as, as husband and wife and as Christ followers begins to happen. So we will live separately internally before we will live separately externally. Mm -hmm. Hardness of heart happens when we only focus on the failures and the shortcoming of our spouse, our hearts get hard. Mm -hmm. Our hearts get hardened when we refuse to walk through the steps 
of asking forgiveness from one another, seeking forgiveness from the other person when we've offended them. Hardness of heart happens when we allow our tongues to get out of control in the relationship, Mm -hmm. when we say things that we shouldn't say that are harmful, that sow seeds of dissension between the two of us, when we don't harness that tongue that brings about destruction, that fiery destruction that James talks about that that has a potential to destroy. Um, Our hardness of heart happens when we score keep with one another, <laughs> right? You know, that's part of that contractual things. Well, you did this. Well, then I'm going to do this. Okay. That is a hardness of heart mm-hmm. in us. It's very dangerous to us as couples because that is the internal separation. And if we don't address that, then we'll be in trouble. It eventually will play itself out because couples can't live internally separate mm-hmm. for for long periods of time yeah. without some adverse um, consequences. Some couples can't take it very long at all, and they'll reach out to fill that void in that separation. Um, Some will just go ahead and divorce. Some couples will just learn to live with it. Mm -hmm. They'll just uh, embrace it as just who they are, and they'll just learn to live that way, and they'll lead empty existence all the way until death do them part. That is not what God intended for us. Those are neither, neither one of those are good options. Intimacy can be cultivated in any marriage, in any situation, mm-hmm. Scott, and I believe that. Um, it is the power of God and the gospel to change a life. Yeah. That when we seek Him and trust Him, no matter how much damage has taken place in the relationship, we believe intimacy is not lost forever, mm-hmm. that it can be cultivated regrown and valued more in the relationship Mm -hmm. if we will just come back and be like the ox in the yoke, obedient to the one who is instructing us and leading us so that we will live a fruitful and productive Mm -hmm. life together. Healthy couples fight to live as one, body, soul, and spirit, all the days of their life. So we're going to release you now on into session two. Uh, We're going to include some questions for you to talk about uh, at the end of this session, Mm -hmm. right? So you can take a little time to discuss that together, and then uh, Levi and Crystal will see you in session two.